They're fun, they're quirky, and they love to laugh. They're Chicks at the Roundtable, bringing you your weekly dose of caffeine-induced laughter and life-changing discussion. Now get ready for your hosts, Trish and Patricia. Welcome back. I'm Trish. I'm Patricia. And we are excited to be here today. Woohoo! Yes. We are also excited to be discussing with you why we do the things we do. So we're going to be talking about that today. Pull up a chair, grab your cup of coffee, and join us at the round table. All right, and I'm going to dive right well, in. Well, you go right ahead. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So why we do the things we do. You know, we all go through life, and it, and from the time that we're born, we have experiences, even if we don't remember them as little kids or whatever. But we have different experiences in life, and those experiences help to shape us. And they help to define who we are and the adult that we become and so on and so forth. I think we can all agree that that's truth. But why why does it matter? Why does it matter to think about our experiences? Why does it matter to ask that question? You know, why is that important? For me personally, I had a rough time growing up for various reasons, but... Um, The one thing that stands out, especially in discussing this topic, is how I was treated when I was in school, you know, because I grew up as a Mennonite, and during that time, you know, the early 80s, it wasn't um, a welcome thing. People didn't, weren't really open-minded, you know, they didn't uh, welcome what they didn't understand, and of course, we were different, you know, we dressed differently, we believed differently, and all that kind of stuff, so... It created some friction in the community, and, you know, my parents decided to send me to public school. Yay! You know, (laughs) seven years old and having never been in public school and just kind of thrown in, um, it was quite the experience. But so all my years in school, um, you know, I had some amazing teachers who were wonderful, but my peers didn't like me Mm -hmm. for the most part. I mean, going through school, I had maybe one or two friends and I mean other friends at different times but not people that really stuck with me I need to stop saying you know so much (laughs) (laughs) that's all right it just reminds us that we need to know (laughs) right Uh, anyway so I was ridiculed a lot for my beliefs mm. and my parents didn't really know how to handle it and and so they gave me the the best advice that they knew how and I tried to stick with that. I tried to do other things. I tried to let it not bother me. I tried to let it bother me and, and try and figure out how to be different, how to fix it. I saw it as an issue with me. So all that rejection, you know, mm-hmm. compounded over years and years and years, it shaped to a degree who I am today. And, you know, we all, we all can say, oh, I wouldn't change that because it made me who I am today. And I think to a degree that's true because mm-hmm. we all go through tough things and we all go through, you know, have wonderful experiences as well. So they do shape and define us. But I think that we could probably come to the same place without having to go through some of those really tough things. I mean, without those experiences, would I still be a God-fearing, productive member of society today? Yeah, I think I would be. But I did go through it, so that's really kind of irrelevant, I guess, but just food for thought. But so I did go through those experiences, and it really 
it taught me things. It taught me negative things because they were negative experiences. Rejection is never a fun thing and rarely is it a positive experience. I don't know that it ever is a positive experience. So it teaches us to put up walls. It teaches us, you know, we have that mindset of I'm never going to let anybody hurt me again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let this happen again. So we put up walls and we close people off. We close ourselves off to people. We don't let people get close because when they get close, that's when they hurt us. Mm -hmm. So that's just some of my own experiences. Do you have any experiences you want to share in light of that? I just want to go back and talk again about when Trish said about how our behaviors and personalities, that they're shaped when we are young. Wounds that happen to us when we are young are part of the shaping process. And my story with that is that my mom and dad divorced, I think, when I was like four or five. Dad was never involved in our life. I mean, he was a wonderful man, but just had some challenges and he just wasn't involved in our life. So I was never validated by my father, never really felt loved by him, was extremely hurt, felt betrayed, rejected, abandoned, the loneliness, all those things that come into a young child when their dad leaves and you really never see them again. So I grew up looking for love in all the wrong places because of the wounds of my dad, of leaving me. So I got pregnant at 13, married at 14, because again, I wasn't looking for a husband. I was looking for a daddy figure because of all the hurts and the betrayal that was still in my little heart because they were never taken care of. And again, it's like those wounds from my dad. Again, how can you see how they so shaped my personality? Because I got wounded when I was young, I grew up with the personality looking for love in all the wrong places. So the issues that aren't resolved that happen in your childhood, unfortunately, we will carry those with us into our relationships with our spouse, our friends, and authority figures. And so it's like those wounds can compound upon, compound upon each other and get worse and get bigger, and then they begin to cause us to make wrong decisions in our life. By being wounded by my dad, never resolving those issues, those daddy issues, caused me to make the, a decision, you know, to get pregnant, to get married at 14. And then I was wounded by my husband, never took care of those wounds, went to a church, was wounded by the church. So again, and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse until I became a not very nice person. Because of how I felt, uh, the Trish talked about not trusting anybody, not really getting close in relationships. I had such boundaries put up around me, this wall of where nobody was going to penetrate. And it all, and the wall began, the first bricks began to be put in when I went back to about four or five and my dad left. And now, because I never was able to take care of those wounds, those bricks, I just begin to put one more brick one more brick, one more brick upon all those hurts, those pain, the pain and the trauma until now it wasn't just a few bricks. It was an entire wall of fortress that I had built around me because I was going to keep all those wounds on the inside because I didn't feel I could trust anybody to help me take care of those wounds. So let's just draw some parallels here for our listeners because I'm saying experiences and you're saying wounds. Yes. So our experiences create wounds. Correct. Especially yep. when we have negative experiences. Yes. Uh -huh. The rejection, you know, the anger, the hurt, betrayal, mm -hmm. um, abuse, all those things, all those experiences 
create wounds. Mm -hmm. And so that's what you're talking about is the experiences in your life creating all those wounds that, that that's when we build the walls to protect yes. ourselves because we don't want to be hurt again. Yes. We don't uh -huh. want to have one more wound, you know, mm -hmm. to add to the long list that are already there. So we right. build the walls. Yep. And we yep. do that kind of thing. And it's, it's, it's a, um, what's it called? Um, it's a survival mechanism. Yeah. Very good. Very you know, good. Because yep. our instinct is to protect ourselves. Yes. That's always, we're always going to go back to that. Mm -hmm. So how do we, how do we break out of that cycle? Because it is a cycle. It really, it's like any other um, negative situation, you know, physical abuse or emotional abuse or even molestation, things like that. Those are a cycle. So how do we break out of this cycle of negative experiences, creating wounds and then building walls? Because like you said, you had a fortress. So mm -hmm. who's ever going to get through that? Yeah, and we do it with God too, because in our mind, not necessarily consciously, but we are always like identifying God with our experiences. If, if my dad um, hurt me or, you know, if he abused me, not, not saying that my dad mm -hmm. did because he didn't, but I'm just using this as an example. So if your dad abuses you, then you're going to also associate that abuse with your heavenly father on a subconscious level. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's just a human nature thing too. We think that those who are supposed to love us and we're taught that God is supposed to love us. So those who are supposed to love us, they're the ones hurting us. Well, if God is supposed to love us, then isn't he gonna hurt me too? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then we put up walls um, with God too, so we don't let God in. So how do we break that cycle? How do we get out of that? And why should we? Why shouldn't we protect ourselves? Well, very good question. And I also, in statements too, and I just want to throw this out there before I even go into to answer those questions, is, is for those listeners out there who have a relationship with Christ, who have, you know, salvation, and there's what we would call saved, you know, so many times when we get saved, we think, oh, okay, now God's just taking a magic wand and he's going to take all <laughs> right, that trauma right. away, all those wounds. And I know some Christians don't even believe in inner healing because they believe in the God wand. That now he's just, I'm a Christian now, so what does... It's under the blood. It's under the blood, and what does darkness have with light? You know, I don't have right. those challenges anymore. You know, so let me really explain. When we get saved, that means our spirit now has a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. It's our spirit. But our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. So the enemy can't touch our spirit anymore because our spirit's saved. But the enemy, unfortunately, can still touch our soul, will, and emotions. Why do you think you get angry at somebody when they cut you off? So, if, go so, ahead. Sorry, let me just jump in here. So my spirit and my soul aren't the same thing? No, we're three parts. Okay. Yeah, so we're soul, body, and spirit. Okay. So that three parts. But that would be another whole teaching right well, there. We yeah, could get but into, just yeah, to good, help no, bring some clarification yeah, no, for Good point. Good point. But it's, so it's like, you know, so you get saved and you think that you've had the guy wand and you're okay. But again... You get, do you still get angry? Do you get frustrated? Those emotions are not from God. You, as a Christian, you would know that. So that should tell you that I still have challenges within me. The enemy can still, he can't touch your spirit, but he can go after your soul. And your spirit doesn't have the wounds. 
These are soul wounds. Right. When I got hurt by my dad, it wasn't my spirit that got hurt because it was my will, my emotions, and my little mind, my heart that got hurt. So all those wounds reside in your soul and not your spirit. So again, if you don't, I challenge you to really let God open up your eyes in this area that when you get saved, it doesn't wipe away your past and your emotions, the memories. So these are why we need to take care of those things even when we are a Christian. And I think too, people don't, they, they have this, like you said, this mythical or, or this unrealistic expectation of what it means to be saved, of what yes. it means to be a Christian. Uh -huh. So they go into this experience thinking, like you said, that, oh, God's just gonna wave a magic wand and now my life is gonna be perfect. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that's just not, reality that's not truth it's not what scripture tells us i mean jesus said in this life you will have trouble mm -hmm. but do not fear for i overcame the world right so i right, mean he's, right, he's right. telling us it's not going to be perfect but i can help you mm -hmm. um for people who have had that experience where they think oh everything's going to be great and perfect now i think a lot of times that's where you know, when we still have trouble, when I still get angry, when I'm still mm -hmm. having all these issues, we become disillusioned. And we walk away from God thinking, well, you have failed me. Very good point. You yep. said that this was going, you know, you led me to believe that this was going to be a great life now, that everything mm -hmm. was going to be wonderful. You know, cherries and rainbows and, and unicorn kisses and all that kind glitter, of stuff. Glitter, glitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, whatever suits your fancy. But that just isn't the reality. Right, right, right. And so instead of looking internally, well, what's going on with me or letting Holy Spirit reveal those things, we go, oh, God, you must have uh, pulled the wool over my eyes. You fooled me. And it mm -hmm. isn't that God fooled us. God never promised us a perfect life. He never promised us all that wonderfulness. He, he does say you can have it. But again, Jesus said in this life, you will have trouble. So we need to know and understand that life isn't going to be perfect, but it can be better than what it is today. Right, right, right. That yep. should be our goal, and that's what we should be always seeking is, God, how can my life be better? And allow Holy Spirit to search us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What is in me yeah. that you can heal or that uh, you can help me work on to get rid of so that I can have a more perfect, better, more fulfilling life? Mm -hmm. That's what we should be doing instead of going, oh, God, you fooled me. Right, right, You right. tricked me. Yep, yep, yep. And when we have the mindset, what Trisha's is talking about, and we don't follow through with God, you know, help me change. Show me, you know, what my challenges are. We will continue. Have you ever wondered why, if you've never gone through your process, why you're continuing to still make the wrong decisions? You know, because we talked earlier how wounds or not taking care of a bad experience will continue to cause us to make wrong decisions because we're making decisions out of those wounds. It's like a young girl that gets hurt by her dad or dad leaves. So what the world would say, oh, she's got daddy issues. So she's always attracted to the wrong man. And she's wondering, why am I always attracted to a man that abuses me or the man that not, is not good to me? She's making decisions out of those wounds from her dad that she never dealt with. Or it's like, why do I never prosper financially? Mm -hmm. Because I never, I've seen how my mom and dad were. They never spent their money right. I was had to go without a lot of clothes at times, food, just as an example. Or I always had lack. 
because mom and dad never spent their money right. So I'm upset at mom and dad because they never spent their money right. I had to have lack, but unfortunately, I'm still making the same decisions that they made financially because I never broke that off of me. I never took care of the hurt and the pain, so I'm angry at them, so I'm still making some of those poor decisions because I'm still wounded. I could throw out a scroll with examples of how when you don't take care of hurts and pains and you continue to make decisions out of those hurts and pains, it can cause chaos in your life. Or you might want to say, you know, break the pattern. Right. Break the pattern in your life that is causing you to not make good choices and causing you to not have the best life that you could have. So, Do, let me jump Tricia. in here real quick because... I want to go back to a word that you said because um, now I'm freaking out just a little bit. This is a process. I don't want a process. Well, you know, I want it to just be fixed. So why can't it just be fixed? Well, you know, sometimes to people that even have a revelation, they know, okay, you know what? I need to go through this process. I need to take care of this. My life is not the best it could be. You know, I really need to deal with these wounds. And nine times out of ten, why people don't want to go through the process is they have to forgive. Mm -hmm. I had to go back and forgive my dad. I had to go back and forgive other people for things that they've done to me. I had to go back and forgive people from the church that hurt me. I had right. going through my process requires forgiveness. You know, so I don't really want to forgive anybody. So, you know, I'm going to keep these wounds because they don't deserve to be forgiven. Right, but so what does the process mean? What does that look like? I mean, how, you know, and why does it have to be a process? Well, Why can't God just come in and fix it? Because, again, it, it depends on us. You know what? God could come in and wave his God wand, but that's not who God is. God gave us a free will. Mm -hmm. He gave us freedom of choice. So it's my choice to walk in forgiveness. You know, I got to a point where, you know, and to, I got, just need to throw this in real quick, too. Getting, and I'll share again, again, I mean, in a minute, how you get rid of it. But it's like, just so that way people, before I even go into the process, it's like you need to get over. If you're willing to take the process, you're going to have to be willing to forgive. But another reason why people sometimes don't want to go through the process is because they're fearful. What's going to happen? Am I going to lose my identity? I've been this way for so long. Right. And now um, you're talking about all this change. You're talking about all this, you know, taking care of these wounds, this trauma, the pain, the healing. I don't even want to go there. I don't even know what that looks like. So I said all that to say this. Let me put your mind at ease. Because if once you know what the process is, you're no longer going to have the fear of the unknown. Right. So the process is, why doesn't, again, why doesn't God just wipe that away? It's because we are agents of free will. We have to give up. We need to surrender mm -hmm. and let the um, whatever we're harboring um, on my dad, the betrayal, the hurt, wishing that he was dead, you know, didn't have a relationship with him forever, didn't really even forgive him until he was dead. And then I came to a realization that, you know what, he's dead. So all this stuff that I'm carrying is not going to help me and it's not hurting him. Right. So with my process, and for those of you that aren't Christians, I'm going to deal with that in a little bit. But those of you that are, Jesus Christ is the healer of our soul. He's the one that can take away the pain. He's the one that can put us in a place of forgiving and not being fearful. And it is a process. You know, if you were just given something, like, you know, with my boys, when we would give them a bicycle, they would take care of it and they liked it. But when they got up older and had to buy their own bicycle, 
they they had to put something into that to get that bicycle so it meant a whole lot more to them so it's again like going through your process if god was just to wave the wand over you you would appreciate it but it wouldn't be it wouldn't have as great of um, importance to you it wouldn't matter as much because it didn't cost you nothing it was just easy peasy as opposed to if you go through your process if you work through that you get the unforgiveness you let the fear go now you've invested in your healing. When you invest in something, you tend to cherish it more, you tend to keep it longer, and it tends to mean more something to you. It would just be like, you know, if a millionaire went out and bought a new car, you know what I'm saying? It's just not going to be that big of a deal to them. But you let somebody that has to work 80 hours a week to go and buy a new car, are they not going to treasure that car? When you have to put something into your healing, put an investment in there, go through your process, it's going to mean something more to you, a whole lot more in the long run. And let me just tag something in here too, is that God knows us. Yes. He knows if he just came in and waved the magic wand and now everything's great, that we we are creatures of habit and we mm-hmm. are creatures of experience still. Yes, yes. And cycles. That's good. That's, That's good. It doesn't break the cycle for him to wave the magic wand. It just takes away the wounds. Right. So the cycle is still in existence. So now everything's great. Everything's mm-hmm. hunky dory because God waved his magic wand and I go along and I meet somebody and I fall into the same cycle and now they wound me again. Yeah, very good. Trish. I haven't very learned good. anything. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. go through a process, mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. said, it doesn't have that value to me. Mm-hmm. But in the, in in the same respect, you don't learn anything from it because That's without good. the process, we don't learn to see better, to have greater mm-hmm. discernment, mm-hmm. you know, and to know is this a good situation? Is this a bad situation? Is this person just going to hurt me? Or knowing ourselves too. Am I just going to allow this person to walk all over me? We have right. to learn from it. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, the one of the most valuable things that we can do is allow our process to teach us something. You hear people say, well, you know, mistakes are fine mm-hmm. as long as you learn something from mm-hmm. it and you don't repeat the same mistake. If you're just making mistakes over and over and over and you're not learning anything mm-hmm. from it, then that has no value. It has no value to your life right. except to just create havoc and and um, destruction in your life mm-hmm. but if you learn from it now that mistake has value yeah right yeah yep, so yep. it's the same concept mm-hmm. you know when we learn from our process from what god is wanting to heal in us what he's wanting to take us through then it has value and we can now we we've learned we've matured we see things differently mm-hmm. so now we can see mm-hmm. the trap set by the enemy sooner and not walk into it and, you know, change comes from learning, and change comes from the process. Mm-hmm. So what Tricia talked about, you know, God could come and wipe everything away, but that's not going to change us. Right. That's going to make us feel better because we're not dealing with all that. Right. But are we really going to be changed? Are we really going to have a different behavior? Are the patterns actually broken? So that's, again, a huge of what the process will do for you by letting the unforgiveness go. Mm-hmm. But in, in any other challenges that you may have, it's like surrendering those to God. It's like that causes change. And when you have change, you're going to have a better life because you're no longer living in the way that you used to live. Right. And, you know, the dictionary defines slave as a prisoner, a captive, bondage, And a slave can't come and go at their own will. When we don't invest in the process, we are now a slave to the wounds. We're a slave to our past hurts. 
we're a slave to our past pain. When we don't get healed from those inner wounds, we become a slave to those wounds. The Bible also says the truth shall set us free. So it's like, if you want freedom, it's like, don't be enslaved to those wounds. Who's the master of your life? Is it your past, your traumas, your hurts, your pain? Or is it you being in control with Jesus Christ? Who is the master of your life? Are you a slave to your wounds, to your hurts, to your pain? Are they, are the, is that what is dictating to you in your choices? Or are you taking care of those and you're able to make good choices because you're not a slave to anything? So I would encourage you, don't be a slave, a prisoner to your past wounds. Let God come in and heal those. But I'm going to pause there because I could go off on a whole other trail with that. But I'm going to let Trish say something here real quick. Well, and that's, you know, a really good point because we we don't get this way overnight. Right, right, right. Right. So it doesn't make any sense in going back to the process. It doesn't make any sense for us to think that we can be fixed overnight. Why would you think that you can get yourself over 20 years time into mm -hmm. a mountain of debt but then expect that that's just going to be wiped clean in one night. Right. It doesn't right, work right. that way. It doesn't work that way in the natural realm. It doesn't mm -hmm. work that way in the spiritual realm. You know, because again, if that happened, so I go, I spend 20 years of my life just accruing debt, spending like I want, not caring about what it's going to cost me or anything. I rack up credit card debt, you know, mm -hmm. uh, buy a bunch of cars and, and do all this stuff, you know, as long as the, the law and all that kind of stuff is going to allow me to do it. But so I now have this mountain of debt and somebody just comes along and says, Hey, I'm just going to pay all this for you. Mm -hmm. Guess what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm going to go out and get another credit card. Right. Right. I'm right, going to go out yeah. and buy another car. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm going to go, you know, charge this furniture or mm -hmm. do that. I'm going to go and do the exact same thing that I've been doing because we are creatures of habit. Mm -hmm. And because without breaking the cycle, the cycle will continue. Somebody has to come along and say enough is enough. Uh -huh. And it's the same with our experiences, the, the negative experiences that create wounds. At some point in your life, you have to say enough is enough. That's right. That's I'm right. tired of living uh -huh. this way. You know, and for people who got saved thinking God was going to wave a magic wand, I'm sorry for you. I really am mm -hmm. because you're going to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. God loves us, yes, and he wants to help us. But it's not a one-way relationship. That's right. Like That's you right. said, we have to surrender. That's our part in it, mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. doing the letting go. That's hard work. Mm -hmm. Letting go, forgiving, you know, getting ourselves to a place where we're ready to move on, where we're ready to be different. That's work. It's partnering with God. And that's, that's right. what God is looking for. He's looking for a partnership where both are giving something. And really, I mean, yeah, God gains from it, but we gain way more. Mm -hmm. We gain so much more. We can then walk in that fullness of healing and restoration to our soul, but then we're going to make better decisions. That's right. We're going to make That's better right. choices. We're going to have better relationships. We're going to be better people in mm -hmm. general. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. not that we're bad people, but we're just going to be better because we're making better choices. That's right. We're going to be a better friend That's because right. we're not That's living right. from the past experiences that said, oh, you can't trust anybody. Right, right, right. You stab your friend in the back or you gossip about them or whatever because you can't trust them. Right, right, That's not right. a good friend. Mm -hmm. That's right. So then you can be a better friend. You can be just better. And that should be everyone's goal. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, what is this life? What are the wounds? What are the negative experiences? What is all that junk? getting you 
Yeah. You're okay. angry. You're discontent. Mm-hmm. You're gossiping. You're mm-hmm. backbiting. You're just living the negativity that's inside of you. Yeah. That's yeah. really what you're doing. All mm-hmm. the negative experiences that have compounded in your life, you are living those out. Yep. Who doesn't want to live a better life? That's right. That's right. Who doesn't want to leave a positive mark? Who doesn't want to leave a positive impact to know that they have done, even if it's a small thing, a small thing to change someone else's life, to make it better? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's our goal or our mindset to set out and go, oh, I'm just going to be the nastiest person I can be. Right, right, right. I'm going to be as wicked and as evil and as mean-spirited as I can be. I don't think that's anyone's goal. But sometimes that's where we end up when we live out of negative experiences, mm-hmm. out of those wounds that say you can't trust anybody, you can't trust God, people are always going to hurt you, they're always going to let you down. Mm-hmm. God's mm-hmm. always going to let you down. He doesn't have your back. He's not there for you. And we could go on and on. Mm-hmm. But that's what those wounds and those negative experiences teach us. So let's learn um, something new. Yeah. Let's be in yeah. a place where we have a teachable heart and let God, let Holy Spirit teach us a better way. Yeah. Very good. Very good. You know, and I had said earlier that, you know, the Bible tells us that the truth shall set us free. Yes. You know, and inner healing, I mean, I love that. Inner healing brings truth to the situation. But so many times, I think most people know about the show. I don't even know if it's still on TV anymore. I used to watch it all the time with my niece, Danielle, Hoarders. And sometimes, <laughs> because, you know, we are such a slave to the pain, the hurt, the trauma, right. the memories, the did-me-wrong song from the past, we become hoarders of pain. We just hoard all that pain, and you know what? There's no room for the truth. It's like, you know, the hoarder shows, Danielle and I have watched them, where you could not fit one more thing in people's houses. Right. I mean, it was just packed full so that way they'd have to get they would live in a different house because their their house originally that they lived in was so full of stuff they had to get another place to live they couldn't even live there you know so again so many times that's how we are you know we are hoarders of pain Mm. we have our heart so full of pain so full of unforgiveness rejection fear rejection abandonment loneliness whatever it is we are just hoarders of pain so there's no true there's no room for the truth for god to come in and say hey you know what patricia this is how i seen that situation or you know what patricia you know even though dad may not have been there when you were five i always was and you know patricia dad may not have been there when you were in kindergarten, he may not have been there to go to the field trips with you in kindergarten, but I went with you. And you know, Patricia, dad may not have been there when you had your first boyfriend, but I seen you. Or Patricia, dad may not have been there when, and the list goes on and on and on and on. That's how God seen that situation. I wasn't alone because he was always with me. My, own, my, my earthly father may have left and forsaken me, but God never left me or forsaken me. And when I finally got to the point in my life where I began to get rid of some of that pain, I wasn't so much of a pain hoarder anymore. I began to let some of those, that trauma, those wounds go, and I got some inner healing. God says, Patricia, this is how I seen that situation. Mm-hmm. I, was able, I was able to believe him. Because, you know, when you are a hoarder of pain, then you believe lies of the enemy. Right. See, I believe lies of the enemy that I was unlovable because dad left me. 
that I wasn't good enough, that nobody else would want me. All the lies as a young girl took that all the way through till adulthood that I wasn't good enough. I was never going to measure up. I always had to excel. I always had to be better. I always trying to get people's acceptance because I believed the lies of the enemy from a young girl. And, and I'm not blaming dad, you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying for me personally, everybody has their own story, has their own experience. That's mine. So again, I just took all that with me, the hurt, the trauma, the rejection. But again, as I began to get a closer relationship with God and I allowed him to come in and show me the truth that I never was rejected. I never was abandoned, that I would, I never was unlovable because he never left me abandoned me and he always, always loved me. He loved me enough to lay down his life for me. And so I begin to come into a greater understanding of who I am. So again, let the traumas, the hurts, and the pain go. It so changed my life. And I would just ask, I'm just going to send a quick test out to our listeners. I'm thinking, oh, Patricia, you know, what a wonderful testimony. Trisha's talking about her experience, you know, but, and, and I truly get, you know, that God doesn't always wave that wand, you know, but I've been a Christian for a while, you know, I've been going to some, some therapist or whatever it may be for you. So I don't really think that I need inner healing. And, and you may not, you may have gone through your process, but you know what, Patricia, you know, I don't really need to go through that process. I've just grown up and, and just let those things go. Well, I would ask you to get alone today, if at all possible, or as soon as possible, get alone and test yourself. Go down memory lane. Go down some memories that you know were, were hard for you. Some memories that hold a trauma, that hold a hurt when you were a kid or, or somebody did something wrong to you. Go down memory lane. And if you can walk down memory lane with every memory and not be moved and affected, good for you. You've been set free. But if you walk down memory lane, ooh, boy, I feel that one in my heart. Or, ooh, the tears begin to come. Or ooh, now I'm really angry. Or ooh, you know, this is really upsetting me. If you're moved or affected by memory, you are not healed from that memory. There's still right. a wound and a trauma there. So I encourage you, test yourself and see what level you are at in your process. That's good. Good advice. Yeah, I'm not real sure where to go from here. I agree. Good advice. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, you're, you're talking about inner healing. So what does that mean? What does it mean and how can I get that? Inner healing Again, it's just like, you know, think of it in the, in the physical, you know, for all those that believe in the supernatural, that believe that Jesus Christ still heals today, that if I had a broken leg, you know, and I truly believe that God still moves this way, or, you know, he opens up the blind eyes, you know, he right. raises the dead, you know, I got a broken leg and I got Trish praying for me. I'm on, I'm in the ambulance on the way to the hospital to get this broken leg taken care of. And Trish prays for my broken leg and boom. My leg is healed. Right. No, the trauma and the brokenness of that leg is healed. Right. No more pain, no more trauma. It's fixed. No, it's not broken anymore. The same thing with your heart, your emotions. That's what we're talking about. So my heart's been broken as a five-year-old girl. My dad left me. It's broken. And I got a hurt. I got a trauma. So God comes in and says, Patricia, I'm going to heal you of that broken heart. That's what inner healing is. doesn't heal a broken leg, but it heals a broken heart. I'm going to heal you of that broken heart. And how does he heal you from that broken heart? 
He takes you down memory lane and he lets you see how he saw the situation. Just how he let me see it at five years old. My heart was broken because daddy left. But he says, oh, Patricia, I'm your daddy. And I'll love you like no other. And he begins to love on me. And he begins to let me know that I was never alone. I have nothing to fear. I mean, my own process. Mm -hmm. You know, yours yours will be different because you're not me. But again, God comes in and he takes you through that memory. And whatever you need to do, forgiveness, just let it go. And he and He gives you the, the supernatural, thank you, God. He gives you the supernatural ability to let it go. Because we can't do it on our own, otherwise we That's wouldn't right. need Him. So He says, Patricia, say that again. He gives us the supernatural ability to allow Him to come in. And then He can just take His magic marker or His eraser, whatever He says, and then He supernaturally doesn't always erase the memory, but He erases the pain, the trauma that was associated to that memory. So now I can look back at, at uh, five years old or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Do I still grieve the loss of not having a dad in my life? Well, of course. I would have loved to have a dad in my life, but I'm not moved or affected by that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry. No, just go ahead. to jump in here, that that really, you know, is like a resounding gong in my own process, and it just reminded me when I was going through those experiences in grade school and in, you know, middle school and high school, and you, when you don't understand that God wants to heal you and He wants to help you see it differently and help you see it through his eyes and see truth, then you look to the world. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's you look good. to your yep. natural man. You look to your parents, your friends, you know, whatever. And you look to them for comfort. Mm-hmm. And for me, I would come home. Sometimes I would be crying. I mean, just so traumatized, you know, because there was just such rejection and meanness and just viciousness from my peers. Just as an example, I mean, I would be called a Nazi almost every day of my life. Mm-hmm. Oh, simply because my heritage, my nationality is German. I mean, imagine a seven-year-old little girl being told they're a Nazi. I didn't even understand what that meant, let alone, you know, that there was any truth to it. Right, right, right. um, But so, you know, coming home and looking to my parents because they're supposed to protect me. They're supposed to take care of me. And their advice to me was be proud of who you are. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think you should be proud of your heritage. You should be proud of who you are. Did that help me? Absolutely not. It didn't. Or they would tell me, well, just ignore them. Mm -hmm. You know, if you ignore them, it won't hurt you. Well, that's a lie because it does hurt. But that is, you know, when we go to natural man, when we go to our friends, and not that what they're telling us is wrong or that they're, that they're bad people or any, I'm not trying to say any of that. My parents did the best they could with what they had. My friends, the same. Um, We're all just living out our lives and, and, figuring it out as we go along, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But those are just Band-Aids. I tried that. I tried to just be proud of who I was, hold my head up high, square my shoulders, and I. so I tried to do that, but it didn't work. Mm -hmm. It still hurt. I was still wounded. Every word, every um, snicker, every joke, every finger pointing my way was a cut to my heart. And so then you tell yourself, well, it's okay. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. a Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I'm proud of who I am. That's a Band-Aid. Right, right. Or right. I'm just going to ignore it because they're not even worth it. That's right, just a right, Band-Aid. Right, right, right. And eventually right. those cuts heal, but they're still scar tissue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's and good. the That's awesome good. thing about when we let God heal us, when we let him show us truth through his eyes about those situations, mm-hmm. is that 
he heals it. That's he restores right. it That's right. back to before it ever happens. So there's no wound. There's no scar tissue. There's no evidence that it was there. Like Patricia said, do you still have the memory? Yes, you do. We still have the memory because we still need to know where we came from. We still need to know what our experiences were so that we can continue to grow. And not only that, but so that we can have a testimony for others. That's right. You That's know, right. I've experienced this very process myself, and it's been huge in my life. Giving those experiences to God and letting him show me truth. And it really does. I still have the memory, mm -hmm. but it's not painful anymore. Right. I don't cry anymore. It doesn't right. define me in right. any way right. anymore. Right. Yeah. He completely removes it. Completely. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just want that to hopefully be an encouragement to our listeners that you don't have to continue in the way you've been living. You don't have to continue just slapping Band-Aids on your wounds mm -hmm. and hoping that it's going to get better. That's right. That's because right. without allowing God to restore it, the likelihood is that it's not going to get better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even if it does for a time, you're going to come up against something that has the potential to wreck you. Yep, so yep, yep. why not open ourselves up to a different way? You know, how many times are you going to go around the same mountain that's expecting right. different results? That's right. That's right. You can't mm -hmm. unless you choose a different path. So hopefully our listeners will um, take heed of that and really search themselves and come to a place where they're ready and say, you know what, God, I'm choosing a different path. Mm -hmm. I want to go down a different road. I want you to not only to heal that, but to restore it to before it ever happened. Very good. Very you know? good. Mm -hmm. because it is so worth it and it's so freeing and just to know that you don't have to continue to allow those negative emotions those negative experiences those wounds and and the the fortress that you built around mm -hmm. yourself to define you god let god define you let mm -hmm. him tell you who you are because mm -hmm. his view of you is always 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 going to be better than your own view or someone else's mm -hmm. view that's right that's right his view is truth that's right. You mm -hmm. know, we see uh, through a dark glass dimly, right? Mm -hmm. We don't see what he sees all the time, but mm -hmm. we can. Yeah. Yeah. So let God look with you in the mirror and give you his eyes to see you. Fish talked about words. Kids calling her like a Nazi at school. We say it all the time. I did when I was a kid. Sticks and stones may break oh, my gosh. bones, yeah. but words will never hurt me. <laughs> oh, me too. What an idiotic statement. <laughs> I'd rather somebody throw sticks and stones at me than words, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, it's so much easier for our physical body to heal than our heart. That's right. You get a broken leg, it heals, you're done. You get a broken heart, mm, it's going to take a while, you know what I'm saying, sometimes to get that healed. So I just hear God saying, say that again, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Again, that is such an untrue statement. Okay. So I encourage you, again, you know, if words have been spoken over you to you that you're challenged with, um, negative words or lies. I'm not talking about constructive criticism. That's helping somebody. But I'm talking about negative words or negative experiences. You know, again, go back to words. Those negative words are not truth. When we step into a place in our heart and our mind where we believe negative words spoken over us, it's like just picture your heart cut into a few different pieces. And the part of your heart that is holding those negative words that's been spoken over you, you can now see that part of your heart with a chain locked mm -hmm. around it. So like you could separate your heart, put it in 10 different pieces, and each piece has a chain locked around it. And right. on that chain is a padlock. 
and it ha and each lock has a key. You know, and Jesus Christ comes to me and says, Patricia, you got this number one, number one part of your heart. We're going to deal with number one and number two today. You know, there's been words spoken over you or you've had this awful experience and you've kind of like compartmentalized that. Big word for me. You've compartmentalized <laughs> that in your heart. So we're going to deal with that part today of one and two and then he begins to take me down the memory lane and, and and he shows me how he really saw that situation you know what and he reveals truth to me and he gives me that supernatural ability to surrender and let go whatever is in part one of two of my heart and then he says patricia here's the key and then he gives me the key to unlock that chain that's around that part of my heart so I take that key, I walk out in faith and say, God, I trust you. And I begin to feel his peace come all over me. I feel his love on me. And I begin to feel the power of the supernatural ability to unlock that part of my heart mm -hmm. and set it free. That's forgiveness. That's healing. So I take that supernatural key and I unlock that lock and the chain falls off that part of my heart. I unlock the second part of my heart. And you know, when the parts of your heart become unlocked and they're healed and they're set free... They're no longer divided. Right. You know, now your heart can become one with Jesus Christ. Your heart can become one. And you know that what, if you were to take a, a, a natural heart and cut it into pieces, it's not going to beat. You're going to die. It's right. not going to work properly. The same thing with your spiritual heart. If it's cut into pieces, it's not working properly. Right. It doesn't function properly. So that's how God does inner healing. He comes in, and with you, you partner with him, and it could be in so many different ways, just like I showed you, I mean, I talked to you about, or it could be some other way, but God comes in, and he'll heal those parts of your heart that are holding a trauma, a pain, a memory, a bad experience, and he'll put them all back together for you. And I'm going to stop until I go into how that's done, and I'm going to see if Trish has anything. Well, I was just going to ask you, so why why do I have to go back to the memory? Why? Because it was painful. Mm -hmm. You know, um, for some of our listeners, maybe they've um, had some very serious traumas. I mean, we've talked about, you know, gossip and name calling, and those are mm -hmm. serious. They hurt, yes. Mm -hmm. But there are things that could be even more serious. Physical attack on your body, mm -hmm. uh, physical abuse, somebody touched you inappropriately, really mm -hmm. hurt you. So those are some really serious situations. And I don't really want to go back to that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to think about what happened. I don't want to think about how it made me feel. So why do I have to? That's the fear that we talked about earlier. Right. Why people don't want to. It's because, again, picture your heart cut up in you know, however many pieces, but we'll just say 10. 10 pieces. So that part of my heart, it's enslaved to the emotions that came out of the memory. Mm -hmm. The memory holds the emotions. Okay. The memory holds the pain. The memory holds the hurt. So that's where it's stored. So it's like, I got 10 parts of my heart, so my dad, you know, wasn't there when I needed him. So that's kind of in part one or two, because that was huge for me. Then so part number three, had an individual within a church that just betrayed me, hurt me so bad. So that's in part number three, mm -hmm. because the emotions that go with part number three with that experience are different than the emotions that go with the experience right. with my dad. So you have to go down the memory lane that's attached to each experience, because that's where the emotions, see, we shove them down. Right. It's people, oh, I'm not going to deal with it. I'm going to shove them down. Mm -hmm. So you've shoved them down, but now you have to, and, you, and I'm not going to let myself experience those emotions. You have to go back to what you've shoved down to bring the emotions to the surface to experience. You can't let something go that you don't experience. 
Right. I can't let Trisha's stuff go because I was never there. It's not my experience. Right. I have to go through my own experience, my own emotions, and that's where you tap into those emotions. You can't bury them. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to bring them up, experience them, and that's when you let them go. And then you can experience the healing, the restoration. That's right. The truth of that situation. That's so right. that's why it's so important to go back to those. Yeah. Because like Patricia said, if you're just stuffing them down, what can God do with that? Because right. you're refusing to even recognize That's what right. happened, the That's emotions right. that were involved. As long as we're refusing to experience them, refusing to recognize that they were there, how can we receive healing for them? That's right. How can we receive restoration? Right. So we understand and we know that it's a painful thing, that it might be hard, but the freedom that you're going to yes. get on the other side of that is so worth it. It's... I mean, we can liken that to the the things that happen in our life every day. You can liken it to your job. You may not like your job, but mm-hmm. it has a benefit. That's right. At the end of the week, you're going to get a paycheck, and that's a good that's thing. That's right. Because now you can pay the bills, and you can buy groceries. Yep. So, you know, that's just another thing that we need to do so that we can reap the benefits of it. Yes. That's so important. Yes. You know, Trish talked about, you know, it can be painful, mm-hmm. you know, but just think about, again, that broken leg. If you never have your broken leg reset, it's never going to heal properly. So it can be a little painful to get that broken leg reset, but the long-term effect from that is so much better than never going through your process of getting your broken leg reset. Or like if you get your shoulder that's out of place. See, there's so many times on TV, you know, they'll stand on each side and they're pulling each arm, you know, the doctor <laughs> and the nurse. Like they're pulling you apart, but it resets your shoulder. And, you know, and people scream for just a few seconds. But then their shoulder's put back in place and they can function properly. So sometimes you have to go through just a little bit of, of being uncomfortable mm-hmm. to reset the, your heart to reset that get the trauma out the pain right. for the long-term healing so you're never going to have to go through that again and you know if you never got your broken leg taken care of correctly you're never going to walk right oh, you're always going to have a limp yes, good, you're always going to have a hurt you know you're always going to be out of balance you're never going to walk right so you're never going to function to the 100 percent pain yes right exactly. because it wasn't set correctly pain. yep very yeah. good so, like, if your heart, like we're saying, isn't reset, isn't fixed, you're still going to have pain, and you're never going to be able to function at 100% in making good choices and good decisions for your life. And one right. other thing about going through being a little painful, a little fearful, always, always, always remember that when you go through inner healing, whatever style you choose to use, you never go through it alone. Because Jesus is always there with you. That's right. He's always holding your hand. When you cry, he cries. When you laugh, he laughs. When you go down memory lane, lane, he's going down there with you. So you're never, ever alone. And you know, I love the scripture that says, it's the peace that passes all understanding. Mm -hmm. You may not understand everything you're going through at the moment, but God will bring the understanding. And even before that, he brings the peace, the assurance, the knowing that you're loved, and I am not going to leave your side. That's so much, that is so wonderful about inner healing because God is always there with you. Yes, that's awesome. So, I mean, I I think we've done a great job here. I hope our listeners think we've done a great job. Do you have anything else? Yes, one more thing. One of the main things of points that we need to make today or educate you on with inner healing, how do I do this? Yes. Again. Yeah. You know? Let's let them know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Again, and I've done this to myself numerous times. I've done it with I don't know how many people to help them on their journey and their road to freedom. But it's like get alone before God, and it really, really is this easy. If you're willing to really surrender, get alone and say just simple words, Jesus, what do you want to heal in me today? And listen. And he'll begin to show you. He'll begin to take you to whatever point of pain that you have. And he'll guide you and he'll direct you and he'll tell you what to do. All you have to do is just listen. And again, one simple sentence. Question, Jesus, what do you want to heal in me today? And he is right there to help you go through your process. It's that simple. Yeah, and when you do that, you know, don't think that, oh, it can't be that. It can't be that because it's too painful. Right, right, It could right. be that very thing because it's going to bring you such great freedom. It's going yes. to bring you, it's going to be kind of like a snowball effect. You you start there and then it just starts rolling down the hill and you experience even more freedom and the fear has fallen to the wayside and the, the anxiety over yes, it is, is gone yes, because, yes. wow, this is so awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, when we really, like Patricia said, when we really surrender, when we really are at that place where you have said enough is enough, I'm ready for things to be different. God is faithful. He will never disappoint you when you ask that question, what do you want to heal in me today? He's going to show you, like she said, a memory, Mm -hmm. um, an experience, something that he wants you to see through his eyes, that's through, right. in truth, that's right. That's so right. that you can walk free from it instead of in bondage to it. Yeah, yeah. One more thing I want to say, and Trish is going to give you our email address a little bit later on in her yes. spiel, but I want to tell any listener out there, even if you're in a different state or uh, you feel you live too far away from wh- where Trish and I are located, don't let that hinder you. I encourage you to email us. If you have questions, comments, or concerns about inner healing, or if you'd like to have an appointment, you know, to go through inner healing, to be on your road to freedom in a greater way, please don't hesitate to email us your information and we will get back with you ASAP. Yes, that's very good. Very good. I was actually going to oh, say that too. I no, jumped, that's, jumped it's good. Yeah. It's, it's all yeah. good. So that's going to do it for us. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please like and share. And make sure that you check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, follow us so that you can always uh, stay up to date on what's going on. But like I said, that's going to do it for us. I just wanted to throw one thing out there. That this is a cycle like we talked Mm -hmm. about before. Mm -hmm. And we can do our part. You know, I like the saying, be the change you want to see in the world. That's right. Well, let's let it start with us. Mm -hmm. And let's be the change that changes the cycle for the next generation. Mm -hmm. We maybe had to go through those things, but you know what? Our kids and our kids' kids don't have to. That's right. That's so right. So be the cycle breaker for the next generation for their sake so that every generation is better and can have more fullness in their life. Check us out on social media. Our email is chickstable at gmail.com. Make sure that you email us any questions, anything that you want to share about this episode, questions that you may have. We'll be happy to answer those, um, get back to you as soon as possible. That's going to do it for us. We are clucking out. And remember that God wants you to be healed.